MoreLikeRadio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. I blame this all on Kevin, damn you. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. And he only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking on Mile a Minute. Alcohol by Volume? I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show. Because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'll bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin's some stupid kid. weird man. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol by volume. Alcohol by volume. I no, shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin food, right? So you're blaming the drunkard. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunkard, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. It is Tuesday, November 5th, 2013. You are listening to morelikeradio.com. If you would like to Skype in, Alcohol by Volume, all one word, or you can call 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. Check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. And of course... Of course, of course, like the Alcohol by Volume Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR, Alcohol by Volume. And I actually added shit to the ABV beer tasting list. It took me long enough, but I finally got through stuff I had had recently. In fact, I even added the beer that I'm drinking tonight, and I'll get into that shortly. But the list is at tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. Open spreadsheet, add your beers. Uh, how much you paid for it, how much the alcohol content is, what you liked about it, what you didn't like, give it a rating, all that fun stuff. Um, I don't know. It's fun. Check it out. Tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. So, uh, what's going on for the week for me? Um, well, since, since Punchy gets to talk about, you know, him losing weight on his shows, I, I lost a couple more pounds. And it's the first time I've weighed in under 170 since I think about mid June. So, doing that. Had my 5K on Sunday. Came in 13th overall out of 125. It was only 4th in my gender slash age group. The first place dude was first overall. Some 39-year-old guy and beat me by about 5 minutes. So, uh, that that kind of um, bummed me out a little bit when I realized that a guy 5 years older than me is running 5 minutes faster than me. But, eh, whatever. I, it, it, I was happy with my time. Um... So, little little bits and pieces before I get into the proper news stories. Uh, there's, there's a couple kind of, well, there, there's one big one that I'm going to get into. And then uh, some other random bits and pieces in the news. Um, okay, in New York State, uh, New York Senator Chuck Schumer, he's actually trying to move legislation forward 
to end the prohibition on mailing beer through the U.S. Postal Service. So beer, wine, spirits, he's trying to introduce that legislation for it. So we're going to start to see the wheels in motion for that. Obviously, I know the government probably has more important things to worry about. But if you look at it, it's an it's an additional revenue stream for the Postal Service. And we all know how much they like money. So they will probably consider that a little bit more because there's money behind it. I don't know, maybe some of the senators will have, you know, kickbacks from certain breweries and stuff like that. With the holidays coming up, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if people typically do this when they're not religious, but I was raised Catholic. So we always had advent calendars in my house. And I remember I would always have the advent calendars with chocolate in my bedroom. For those that aren't familiar with it, it's basically um, like the days leading up to Christmas. And in these advent calendars, you'd open up a little door and you'd open one a day. And Son of a bitch, Dennis! Oh, Dennis is finding old pictures of me and doing photoshops in the chat. And if you're not in the chat and you want to see these pictures, I don't know why the fuck you'd want to do that. More like radio.com slash live. And then, uh, yeah. But anyway, these advent calendars, you'd open one little door on it a day, and each day, yeah, it, I was 16. Of course I looked like a douche, Mitch. <laughs> um, where the fuck? Okay. Open a little door, one each day, and there's a little piece of chocolate in there. When you're when you're a little kid, that that moment you get to open that little door each day and get that chocolate was fantastic there's a reason i bring this up um and yes mitch i know i uh, i could not i i at 16 i had the horrible horrible pedo stash my and the problem with the facial hair for me back then was that it pretty much matched the color of my regular hair in fact my my eyebrows look darker in that picture my my facial hair and my eyebrows, I think I've actually switched color over the years. My eyebrows are practically non-existent blonde, and my facial hair is a little darker, but I don't know why the fuck I'm getting into this. Anyway, advent calendar, adult advent calendar. This is from Phillips Brewing Company out of Victoria, British Columbia, and hopefully we can get off the odd subject of uh, pictures of me. Uh, let's see, I think, yep, I got this image here. This is... Where'd my tab go? Here we go. This is the Philips Snowcase calendar. They're not really calling it an advent calendar, but you know, it's the same thing. So, it's a 24-bottle mixed pack of their beers. Now, whether it is actually 24 different beers... Actually, yes, it is. Yes, it is. I got uh, from a news article here from BeerMeBC.com. Um, this year, Phillips celebrating the Christmas season with the Snowcase Calendar, a 24 craft beer pack designed to give your taste buds a daily treat. Right up the turkey time, uh, we pulled beers from every area of a recipe book and stuffed this calendar with 24 different Phillips craft brews. How many breweries would actually go through and do that? Um, I, I, I can't see a lot of them even having 24 different beers available just like that. Uh, full-time favorites, special seasonals, even some barrel-aged releases. December 1st may be a month away, but if you're looking to count down to Christmas with a snowcase pack, be sure to get your Santa Claus <laughs> on one quick because supplies are limited and going fast. Now, I know we're probably not going to see this in the States because this is from, like I said, British Columbia. But for those...
goes uh, north of the border, like our, our pal Dark Fox, uh, this may be a find for you. I, I think it's a neat idea, you know, beer-related advent calendars. You know, get get the adults into the into the mix with that. And honestly, I, I just think it's a good variety pack idea too. I mean, even for instance, like the Sam Adams variety packs, which uh, I'll be getting into that in a second. The Sam Adams variety packs, it's twelve bottles and two of each uh, flavor that's in there. So you're you're still really only getting six different beers in that one. This one, 24 different beers. Of course, the downside is if you find one that you really, really like, well, you don't get another one in the box. But keeping up with those holiday beers and the variety packs, the Sam Adams Winter Variety Pack, this year it's being called Winter Favorites. I haven't seen it yet. I've been looking for it all week, and I, I, I've seen it pop up online and some people that have it, but I have not found it yet. It's got an addition this year that I'm actually pretty excited about because it was a variety I did not think I was going to get to try from Sam Adams. I had heard about it, but I thought it was one of those just limited release and it's gone, or you know they, they only had it at the brewery kind of thing. It's the Cherry Chocolate Bock. It's going to be replacing the chocolate bock that they had last year. It seems to be one of those beers that people either love it or hate it. Um, some people have said it's like a cross between the chocolate bock and the cherry wheat from Sam Adams. And some people have said that in a positive way. Some people have said that in a negative way. So take that as you will. But that's um, and the rest of the beers in that pack. Uh, there's the Boston Lager, of course. Winter Lager, Old Fezziwig Ale, White Christmas, and Juniper IPA. But there's no Holiday Porter this year, which is really odd. It looks like the Juniper IPA bumped the Holiday Porter out, and I honestly don't understand why they would do that. I mean, I get, okay, Juniper IPA, you get a piney-tasting beer, ha, 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 you know, piney, pine tree, holidays, blah, blah, blah. I can kind of understand why Sam Adams went there, but then... Take the Boston Lager out of the case and put the Holiday Porter in there. You don't need to have the Boston Lager in every single one of the variety packs. We know what the Boston Lager is like. You're 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 just padding it with two more bottles of that. Um, and reading commenters on the Beer Advocate message boards, which, well, they can be hit or miss at times, but they seem to share my sentiment that it's a, it's a bad choice to leave out the Holiday Porter in favor of the IPA or, you know, in favor of the Boston Lager. But that's the decision that's made. Can't do anything about it. When I get the case, of course, I'm still going to drink the Juniper IPA, just like I did with the Latitude 48 IPA in the fall pack. I don't necessarily enjoy drinking it, but it's not awful, awful. It's not terribly super, super hoppy, so it doesn't kill me that bad. But I'm still, still searching for that magic IPA that I actually enjoy drinking, and I'm not you know, choking my way through. Um, oh yeah, and the beer I'm drinking tonight, I know I talked about this a few weeks ago as a new release. This one's from the Boulder Beer Company. It's the Shake Chocolate Porter. And it is what it says it is. It's a chocolate porter. And I had pretty high hopes for this and it met them entirely. I opened the bottle, took a whiff of it as I am wont to do, and I swear to God, smelled like a chocolate shake. Uh, if you've had a if you had a chocolate shake from White Castle, McDonald's, whatever, smelled like that. Perfect. Took a sip, and it had that perfect 
chocolate, creamy, chocolatey taste to it. Um, and I think, like I said on the on the uh, ABV beer tasting list, in my review for it, I I got kind of burned out on the Sam Smith's uh, organic chocolate, and I think this might be my new favorite go to in terms of chocolate beer. Um, I'm trying to think of any others that I've really taken to lately, but I don't know. It, some some chocolate stouts have just been disappointing me because the flavor balance isn't there. You, you get too much bitter, not enough chocolate, or you know, too much bitterness from the chocolate. This one, this one's really good though. If if you want to try a different chocolate beer, uh, check this one out. Like I said, Boulder Beer Company Shake Chocolate Porter. I enjoy it. If you like a chocolate beer, you might too. I know Dennis did not particularly care for that Samuel Smith chocolate, so he may not particularly care for this one either. But different taste Mm. at the end of the month I'm actually going to be going out to Michigan for Thanksgiving so I put out a call to the beer subreddit on reddit for any stores in the area that I'll be in that do a build a six pack so hopefully I'll have some newer stuff um, newer stuff that I'm not able to find around here uh, to review the week after Thanksgiving Uh, I know I've gotten a handful of of responses in the in the thread on Reddit, and uh, some pretty good ones. I know I know there's one one brewery that I am going to go to, um, Dragon Maid Brewery, because the last couple times I've been there, I meant to go there and just never got there. Uh, but uh, some people uh, mentioned a few places that do build a six pack, some places that do growlers and things like that. So I figure a combination growlers and build a six pack, and I can. I can bring a pretty decent stock of Michigan or either Michigan beer or beer that's distributed to Michigan that I can't get in Jersey. And that actually led me to another question that I was going to post in the Facebook group and never quite got around to today just because work was like that today. But it made me think, what makes a good liquor store, beer store, wine store, whatever... What makes it good in your eyes? Is it the beer selection, the wine selection, the spirit selection? Is it just one of those? Is it all of them? Um, the frequency of new items that you see on the shelves. Now, obviously, I know that you know there, there is a finite amount of new stuff you're going to see on shelves because there is a finite amount of new stuff that actually comes out and is distributed to a certain area. Um, is it sometimes the layout of the store? I, I know I've gone into some liquor stores that they may have an okay beer selection, but I was not as apt to go back there again just because the layout of the store, it was claustrophobic or it was just counterintuitive to the way the beer should have been organized, things like that. I, I've been at some where there, there seems to be no rhyme or reason as to why beers are segmented the way they are. Um, location. Obviously, location plays a big part in that. Um, and for me, that'll often determine which liquor store I'll go to. I have one just down the street where if I'm like, oh, okay, I just need beer. I, I'm not you know, feeling adventurous. I'm just going to grab whatever I can find there. Or... If I really want to try and you know get a different mix of stuff, I'll go to like um, I'll go to a Shoprite Wines and Spirits in um, a, like a neighboring town. Um, if I'm 
like if I'm on my way back from a chiropractor appointment after work, there's a um, Gary's Wine and Marketplace for Jersey listeners. I mean, you're probably familiar with these places. Um, there's one of those on the way back from my chiropractor. Also on the way back from my work, uh, there are a couple different Bottle King locations. So, I mean, location is never really a problem for me, usually when it comes to that. Um, for me, though, like, there, there, there have been certain things that have mm, made me shy away from certain stores. There was one where, uh, I think I was... I was on my way to a doctor's appointment or something, and I I had gotten out there really, really early. Uh, so I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to look in these strip malls to see if there's any, you know, liquor stores and whatnot, and, you know, anything that might be good. And I I stopped at this one, and I think I, I got I got a six-pack of something that I was looking for. I, wa- I want to say it was like a dogfish head beer that I couldn't find before. And I actually got some of the um, the carbonation... Was it the, no, I'm sorry. The um, the sanitizing, uh, like wash rinse for uh, homebrew, uh, because I hadn't seen that in any other liquor stores as yet, and I needed it. So picked that up, had six pack, had that, and I get to the counter, and they're like, "Oh, uh, we don't take credit or debit cards." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, we only take American Express." The fuck. They had an okay selection, but it wasn't it wasn't worth the hassle of me having to take out cash. I mean, I had to use the fucking ATM in their store there, which probably had like a four or five dollar uh, ATM fee on it. So I mean, something like that made me not want to go back to that store. Now I guess there was some kind of business decision behind why they decided to do that, but I I don't want to go back there. Um, there's another store. Uh, kind of, kind of near my work, um, in between that uh, Gary's Marketplace and my chiropractor's office, and I went there once. And again, they have an okay beer selection. It's it's set up in a decent enough way. Um, the cooler selection was lacking a bit, but the thing that made me really apprehensive about going back to the store was that there was a very discernible, shall we say, smell in the store. And I don't want to stereotype, but it seemed like it may have been emanating from the uh, the owners slash employees, because it had a very uh, ethnic B.O. kind of scent. Not scent. That was an odor. Something like that is going to make me not want to go back to a store. Now, if their beer selection was better, okay, I'd suck it up and I'd, I'd go there. But because their beer selection was only okay, eh, not going back there. Um, and I think you could say that about a lot of a lot of different stores that you may or may not frequent. You know, those those certain aspects of it. One of the big things. Um, that I, I like to look for in a liquor store. Now, the, the one down the street for me doesn't do this, but the one I mentioned in a neighboring town does. It's the build a six-pack, and I always... <laughs> you 
Yeah, <laughs> Dennis in the chat got that pretty right there. Uh, I don't want to stereotype, but is always followed by stereotyping. Yeah, I suppose. Um, but it, if a store has a build a six pack selection, I'm much much more apt to go there. Uh, I know a couple shop rights, um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> no, Mitch. It was it was a uh, it was a different different uh, ethnic bo. Just to say, um, but like I know a couple shop rights around here have it. Um, there's a one the one store that and I'm completely blanking on it, uh, but it was the first place I ever saw the um, the build a six pack a store in Totowa. It's like a wine and spirits warehouse or something like that. I actually went back there a couple weeks ago, and the selection hadn't really changed at all. So I was kind of bummed by that. It, I, I love the build the six pack, but I almost feel like I don't get enough rotation out of them, and and it's not even like I necessarily go to these stores with the build a six pack that frequently. I mean, it may be like a month, a month and a half in between visits, and I really don't see much different besides maybe two or three beers. And yep, you uh, you Mitch hit it right on uh, right on the head there in the chat. I'm not going to repeat that because we're, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to be good and tolerant on this network lately. <laughs> um, and that, you know, that ties into the frequency of new items thing that I said. Um, it, it, it's kind of weird because I'll see, I'll see more new stuff on the shelves in those stores than I will in the actual build a six pack. And I don't know if certain, certain breweries will not, you know, provide permission or whatever to break up six packs or something. I I'm not sure, but it was, it was just a just a thought that that came to mind that I wasn't able to post in the Facebook group because I suck. But I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll post it in there later and see if we get any other uh, dissenting viewpoints. I know Dennis pretty much was like all of the above. Uh, you know, beer other than Bud or Michelob stacked by the front of the store. That's that's always that is always a telltale sign. I see all these storefronts with you know Bud, Molson, Rolling Rock, you know all, all those you know lit up signs in front. I'm like, uh, should I even try and go in here? I mean, you know, am I even going to find you know, am I even going to find a variety of Sam Adams in this place? You know, um, and usually when I when I do go into those places, they're small, they're dirty, and I regret going going in because there's nothing there. And then I you know walk out feeling guilty that I didn't buy anything. Um, and, and, and there I see a lot of places like that out here. I mean, if 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 they have a if they have a um if they have a case special on like Milwaukee's best posted on their front window, chances are they're probably not going to have much in terms of the craft beer that you're looking for. Um, but I mean, you know, then if I, if I go, um, if I see in the front window that they have a light up sign for Abita or dogfish head or something like that, okay, you know, I might check it out. But usually, usually when you see those signs in the front of the store, it's all your big beer companies. I mean, the closest you get is Sam Adams. Then you get, you know, a little bit of the crafty. You might get a Line and Kugel sign or a Blue Moon sign or something like that. Um, speaking of which, I got to see what Blue Moon's doing with their with their holiday pack this year because I remember last year they actually had a pretty decent one. Um, 
Oh, I'm sorry if I'm sniffling today. My sinuses have been acting like a complete bitch to me. I don't know why. Oh, wait. Yeah, I spend too much time outside running and walking. Ugh. Okay, so this this is a kind of the the biggie story that this this might actually if I, if I rant enough with it this one might actually carry me to break but if not I got I got more uh, this is from NPR and it was an article that says to stave off decline churches attract new members with beer of course you know I'm thinking okay you know church and beer this you know this seems part you know might be interesting I don't know a disclaimer to this. I'm not religious. Like I said before with the Advent calendar thing, I grew up Catholic and now I don't go near a church unless I can help it. Usually involves a paying video gig, for example. I'm, I'm not a church goer. I mean, I went through the whole catechism thing and the whole, um, uh, what the fuck, confirmation, uh, first communion, all that stuff. And I, I felt like the the teachers in those catechism classes were really condescending to us, and that put me off all of that, and it became one of those things where I went to church every weekend, and then, well, I'd miss a weekend, and then I'd miss two weekends, and then it was just, you know, not going at all. But that's kind of kind of getting off the point there. This has to do with beers, beers, with churches... And it, not necessarily church in the in the building sense, but more the congregation sense. Uh, churches that are trying to attract new members through the use of socialization and beer. One of the examples I got from this article, it was in downtown Portland in uh, Oregon. One Saturday night a month, the parish hall at First Christian Church is opened for beer and hymns. Okay, you know... Seems you know laid back enough. You, you know, almost like you know a, a more spiritual Irish pub atmosphere, I guess. You know, hundred people, mostly young. They serve homebrew at this one. Drink, you know, it's a homebrew stout that they had mentioned in the article. All drinking from plastic cups and you know, singing their favorite hymns. Okay, if you're into that, that's fine. There's a two beer limit to which I say boo. And I can kind of understand due to the amount of beer that they would have to homebrew, plus the possibility of stuff getting a little bit too rowdy. And, well, when stuff gets too rowdy in church, I will let you fill in the blank there. <sighs> um, then there was another example. And I, I thought this one was actually a little bit more interesting because this this is even... This strays away from the actual parish church building itself. Uh, church in a pub in Fort Worth, Texas. Let me take a drink here. My mouth is getting dry. Hope I'm not getting fucking sick. Ugh. Okay, 30 to 40 people gather at Zio Carlo Brew Pub every Sunday evening for pizza, beer, and church. This includes communion. So they do, in the, in the middle of this bar, these 30 or 40 people are getting communion as well. Uh, and let me see. I th- I'm trying to remember if they... Yeah, um, there's actually a picture in the article of this going on at this bar. I'll post this in the chat. Morelikeradio.com slash live. So right in the middle of the bar, I mean, you know, you got the guy with the guitar back there and 
you know, communions going on right in the middle of the bar. Um, and the brew pub will remain open to regular customers at this time, too. Now, obviously, I guess Sunday night's not necessarily big for a bar, but the customers that do come in are still a bit confused as to, you know, what's going on. Um, I, I don't think it's a bad idea in terms of a more laid-back environment, a very non-conventional congregation setting. Um, and I think if... If it's not your kind of thing, you can just kind of probably fade off into the background with the other bar patrons. Not maybe not as much pressure as the one that's actually in the parish. Um. Uh, oh, of course, and of course, it's it's good business for the brew pub and the bartenders. On a Sunday night, they're probably. I mean, I'm well, I'm not in the bar business, so I wouldn't know for certain, but I would think. A Sunday night in a bar, you're not going to get that same business ordinarily that you would get on a Friday or Saturday. So you would hope that, you know, business will be better, tipping will be better for the bartenders, you know, more incentive for the bartenders to actually come in on a Sunday night and not feel like they're wasting their evening. But I, you know, I didn't really go to bars that much in my youth. So, well, except the ones in Windsor and half of those were empty anyway. Um, and they say they're targeting refugees from traditional churches, and it's not so much about trying to convert or proselytize to people, but reinvigorating people that may be turned off from church otherwise. That they are religious, they are spiritual, but the actual institute, like the actual, the actual building, the actual institution of it, it something about it has turned them off be it you know on large scale you know the scandals you know with you know cardinals and bishops and you know the pope and all that kind of stuff down to maybe just you know it maybe it may just feel too restrictive may feel too stuffy old fashioned you know just you know church you know stand up sit down kneel stand up sit down kneel you know and, and this is a different way of doing it. I mean, I remember... Um, shit, I, I think this this was... I, I want to say I was seeing these commercials back during the second Bush term. But it was... I think it was the United Church of Christ where they, they had commercials where... They were basically saying, you know, don't worry, we welcome you know, gays, minorities, and women. Where they were showing churches that were like just locking out those people kind of thing. And I, I get the feeling this, you know, church in a pub kind of thing is more, is a more liberal laid back kind of congregation for that. Um, I don't know, I'm kind of rambling here, I know. Uh, from the article, an example of a churchgoer from church in a pub. Uh, between hymns, people can stand up and say anything they want. Jolie Shempert, a transgender person, see, there you go. Your standard church may not necessarily be that cool with a transgender person, okay? Uh, who's studying humanities at Portland State University, steps up to the mic. Shempert was raised in a strict church that taught that animals don't have souls, only people do. Which I think is bullshit, because animals are, in many cases, better than people. 
Uh, but Shepard's beloved dog, Gunner, has just died. She said, I want to sing this song in defiance of that because Gunner was my friend and he has emotions and a personality and I had a relationship with him that's as real as any relationship I had with any human being. I have a soft spot for dogs. I know Dennis does too. So I I totally get this. And that, 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 that always baffled me that you think... This statement is not actually. This statement is not going to be mm, the most PC way of putting it, but <laughs> MLR, right? Um, the church lies about enough stuff to make people feel happy and make people feel better, and to console them in times that they need it. Why be so defiant? About something like that. Oh, animals don't have souls. No, no, no. Sorry. No, 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 no. Oh, the, the, the talking snake. Oh, that's different. Yeah, that, that, that was Satan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we, yeah, we had to save all those animals in the boat. Yeah. What? Oh, well, no, they, they still didn't have souls, though. No, no, no. Yeah, lived to 800 years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Just stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm bittered and soured on religion. Um, that said, I find it fascinating. You know, I find theology very fascinating just for the historical aspects of everything, not necessarily the spiritual aspects of it. But I suppose that is for a for a different show. Um, there was a link I clicked on here that I actually found. Um, yeah, it was it was actually linked off of this NPR article. Uh, I'm seeing if this is anything that we don't know yet. Five things you might not have known about God and beer. This was actually posted two days ago. Uh, what was the other article posted? Uh, oh, two days ago. I don't know how I missed that. Um, as far back... Oh, okay, they're talking about how monks in Germany would uh, brew Doppelbach for Lent. Um, the Pauliner monks weren't allowed to eat solid food for the duration of Lent, so the next best thing, beer... The beer was so nutritious that it kept them nourished for the entire 40-day fast. Okay, now, see, that's that's pretty smart. Uh, we got Arthur Guinness. We know Arthur Guinness because of Arthur's Day. A devout Christian who grew up in a time when drunkenness, mainly from liquor, was rampant. Brewing beer was safer than brewing liquor, and it was a re- well-respected profession. You know, and, and that makes me think. Somebody that brews beer nowadays... You don't necessarily look down on the profession, but is it a well-respected profession? I don't know what to say about that. Um, I think it may still have that stigma against um, against wine, where you know if if you you know if you make wine, you know you grow the grapes and oh you know fancy, fancy, fancy. Wine, I would say, is probably seen as, you know, more well-respected, you know, making wine is a more well-respected profession than brewing beer. I don't know. Uh, just some, it's something to, something to think up for another show, because I'd never really considered that. Uh, monks had been brewing beer for ages, and Guinness decided to do it to give people in his community a less potent alternative to liquor. He used the teachings of God and applied it to his business. Uh, huh. And as Stephen Mansfield wrote in Relevant Magazine, the Guinness tale is not primarily about beer. It's not even primarily about the Guinnesses. It's about what God can do with the person who's willing 
and with a corporation committed to something noble and good in the world. And meanwhile, there was that guy that was singing about how Arthur's Day was so awful. Oh, oh, no, they're commemorating this guy. So that's, uh, I guess, that Irish folk singer hates God. That's that's basically what we're finding out here. Uh, let's see if we got anything else interesting in this in this list. Uh, let's see. Uh, or they talk about that that fake, well, not fake, but false, falsely attributed Benjamin Franklin quote, where they, I, I even see I see it on shirts at Brewfest, and it, Benjamin Franklin didn't say it. Beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. Uh, and they say on here, Chicago-based brewing historian Bob Skilnick went back to take a look at the real quote, found the quote actually reads, Behold the rain which descends from heaven upon our vineyards, there it enters the roots of the vines to be changed into wine, a constant proof that God loves us and loves to see us happy. See, he was talking about wine in that one. Wasn't talking about beer, which is a shame because it is, it is a good quote. It's just, it's not a real quote. Ah, <laughs> oh, Dennis, 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 Dennis. Um... Let's see. And then uh, beer brewing is as ancient as the Sumerians. I know I've gotten into that before. The the hymn to Ninkasi, the, the goddess of beer. Uh, and then the last thing, imagine a huge music festival with a heavy dose of religion. Uh, no, thank you. That that doesn't sound good. That, that sounds like a lot of singing about uh, how our God is an awesome God. Uh, let's see. Greenbelt Festival in London. People come to the Cheltenham race course to be inspired by God with the help of art and music. Blah, blah, blah. Roots are in Christian, but non-Christians welcomed as well. Uh, and take, for example, an event called Beer and Hymns, which was the inspiration for the service of the same name held at First Christian Church Portland. Oh, okay, it ties into the article that I was on. Okay, good. Uh, people gather under the beer tent during the festival, grab their cup of beer, and sing along with words on the screen with hands raised up high up in the air. People are free to drink and praise God. So like I said, it it it's... A more spiritual, you know, although you could say an Irish pub, it, singing Irish pub songs with, you know, a mug of beer in your hand is a spiritual experience in itself. But, you know, this is, you know, godly spiritual. So, uh, but th- there's there's some similarities with that there. Ah, okay, that didn't carry me to break. So, let me see here. What else I got? Mm, okay. I let me make sure I have things unmuted where they need to be. Oh, and uh, watch your ears just in case. For Newsy, I'm Logan. Officials in India are blaming toxic bootleg liquor for Sorry, dozens of it. deaths. As of Saturday morning, police say as many as 42 people have died in just three days after drinking poisonous liquor, and another 40 are being treated in hospitals, many of which have reportedly lost their eyesight. So far, 32 people have been arrested for illegally brewing and selling the toxic alcohol to villagers celebrating at a Hindu festival. Many consumers turn to this harmful home-brewed alcohol because it's relatively cheaper than buying from the shelves. Brewers use harmful chemicals when making the alcohol to increase its potency. And the Hindustan Times reports the illegal liquor trade has been a growing operation. 
A liquor trader near where several deaths were reported said, On several instances, I have reported to cops and officials of the excise department about brewing of spurious liquor, but nothing was done. Several teams of police and administrative officials launched an immediate investigation over fears that the death toll may rise. For Newsy, I'm Logan Tittle. Okay, so the base the base element of the story, toxic bootleg liquor is killing a bunch of people in India. And before I get into that, I'm actually very curious to see what this is. And son of a bitch. Okay. I, I had a feeling that's what that was. Boy, am I glad I muted so I couldn't even hear anything. And by the rules, I didn't have to let anything play through because I couldn't hear anything. But anyway, with this story, it, it sounds like the problems that happen with unregulated moonshine where you'd get people, you know, elements in the drink that you really would not want in a drink. Yeah, Mitch has it perfect. When I think of good liquor, I think of India. <laughs> yeah, especially if they're using the water from the Ganges or whatever. Ugh. But, um... <laughs> okay. Um... Just more, more in the chat, more like radio.com slash live. Um, yeah, w- w- with the unregulated moonshine, you get, you know, the people dying from, you know, stuff that was added into it that shouldn't have been in there, people going blind, things like that. Okay, fine. But it, there seems to just be a general element of overarching stupidity with this. And, and Mitch, you assume they actually boil the water for their liquor. <laughs> me, th- me thinks you assume too much with them. But it, there does seem to be this element of just rampant stupidity going on with this. Now, I'm not expecting everybody to be a genius like all of us in MLR are. <laughs> MLR That's a little bit difficult to say. Genius, what? Um, I understand it's cheaper. <sighs> Yeah, but you know what? Rubbing alcohol is cheaper than a bottle of vodka. You know. Okay. And you know what? Dennis Dennis put it perfectly in the chat. People are not dying from unregulated moonshine. They're dying from stupidity, which I have no problem with. And that's why I, I find it hard to have sympathy for these people here. Sure, they're getting they're getting cheaper liquor that is apparently not on the shelves. You know, the, the legit liquor is on the shelves, but this stuff is sold you know from you know behind the counter or something like that. Um, I'm not gonna trust some random cheap bottle of liquor that some dude just hands me like, oh, maybe you'd like to try this here. It only one whatever monetary unit we use. I don't know, a rupee or something. Um, unless I know it's where it's coming from. Now, I I have a kind of biased opinion um, with um, some exports of that country because I, I, I had to deal with much stupidity from a former co-worker from there just mind-numbingly, repeatedly. And it, this was not a cultural difference kind of thing. This was you're supposed to be qualified for this job and you know nothing of what you need to know. 
I'll give you I'll give you a um, I'll give you a good example here. This guy was supposed to be an IT person. Now, you guys don't have you, you guys don't have to be <laughs> shut up, Dennis. Um, you guys don't have to be you know tech wizards to know what what an external hard drive is. An external hard drive, you you know take it, plug it USB or maybe FireWire if you have it. Um, I think there might even be Thunderbolt ones. I don't know. Um, and you know, you plug it into your computer. What it basically is, there's a hard drive inside that case that you plug into the computer, which is different than an internal hard drive that does not have that enclosure. Okay? You don't have to be big techie to understand that. He asked me one day if it was okay to put an external hard drive on his desk. Now, it's not like his desk is some huge, or was some huge magnet or something like that. You know, it's not like he had hazardous tools or chemicals or something on his desk. No. He wanted to know if it was safe for the drive itself. An external hard drive. An external hard drive that, by its very definition, is meant to be externally placed from the computer. And he was asking if it was okay to put it on his desk. This was an IT guy. So, yeah. So anyway, with this bootleg liquor, if you can't afford the legit stuff, (laughs) you know what? Maybe you don't need to drink during this Hindu celebration then. So just suck it up. Mm, I almost said something bad there, so I'll just say suck it up, buttercup. And... If this is such a rampant problem, I, I, I think well, in the in the Newsy article that the um, or the Newsy piece the lovely Logan Tittle did, um, it said like at least forty people had died from this already, and this was in newspapers there. Now, I know there is a large poverty problem in India, and it is probably probably you know the people that are in poverty that are cheaping out on this. But mm, newspapers tend to make their way around even if you are not affording one, if you're not purchasing one. And if you see a big headline about people dying from bootleg liquor, are you then going to go into the shop and be like, oh, can I have some of the bootleg liquor, please? Then you're a fucking moron. I'm sorry. I mean, a good solution to not die from this stuff is to not drink the cheap bootleg stuff. It is simple as that. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of some kind of equivalent thing in this country. Um, I, 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 George Carlin, I know he had a bit about it on like, you know, safety with children and everything and how a few kids kind of ruined fun for you know, future generations of kids that, you know, it used to be passive eugenics that the kid who swallowed too many marbles doesn't grow up to have kids of his own. And eh, frankly, we've made it, you know, too easy for stupidity to thrive at this point. Um, Speaking of external hard drives, uh, Mitch says, six external hard drives at his PC right now. Some of them are upwards of five years old, only had one fail on me ever. You know what? I let's see. I I actually only have one external hard drive here now, but I think it's 
well, like a two or three terabyte one. Um, I got a couple extras in my laptop bag. Each uh, one of them's two. Yeah, you know what? This one at my desk is is a. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. This one at my desk is a three or a four. Uh, I got a two in my bag. I got a one in my bag. And I had a bunch, like th- a three twenty, a one terabyte that um, I actually gave to Hammy so he could use them uh, for archives for the network and stuff. In all the years I've had external drives, just like Mitch, one failed on me. It was a... Um, and, and of course, it was the one that was built to look more stylish. It was like an aluminum enclosure. Uh, and this this was before MacBook was doing aluminum. It was probably... It was at the time probably like a 250 gig uh, Lacey drive. I don't know if... Lacey or Lessey. I don't know. And I had a good chunk of my mp3 mp3 collection on this thing and uh, thing just went on me it started anytime i'd plug it into my computer to try and transfer files off my system would lock it uh, wait oh okay so the one that mitch had fail on him was a lacy too son of a bitch and i will never buy one of their drives ever again I, i i have um See, we're getting into tech talk here. I know the... Let's see, the drive I have here is a... Hopefully I don't unplug it. Uh, This one's actually Hitachi, but good reviews on it. But I have, like, Western Digitals and stuff like that. Oh, Mitch says Lacey uses Hitachi drives. Well, you know what? Um, This Hitachi drive I have right now has been good so far. It has good reviews, so I'm going to trust this. Wait. Then again, I think Mitch could be fucking with me right now. I don't know. Hmm. Oh well, but anyway, yeah, my my uh, old coworker was stupid. I have I I have you know Western Digital drives. I think I have a Seagate drive too. I don't know, but blah 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 blah. This is not a tech podcast, but this all falls into the whole stuff thing. Um, damn, I know I was going somewhere, but ah. Eh. <sighs> I think I can get into one more, th- uh, or I can tease some stuff. Um, see, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out if in the chat at morelikeradio.com/live, if Mitch and Dennis are actually having a serious technology conversation, or if I am being completely trolled. But I don't know. Lacey drives, in my experience, are shit. So I don't think we're going to get them as a sponsor anyway. Um, are they even still around? Actually, I think, I think from what I've seen on Engadget, they they always try and do the, the more stylish, you know, blinged out drives and stuff like that. Now, um, it is if you're uh, drinking heavily while tech talking. Yeah, yeah, this Hitachi one I got right now is um, is a USB three, and USB three is the future. Um. See now, now, now it's bugging me. I, I gotta see what. Okay, yep, this is a four terabyte. I just have it split up between three partitions, so I was not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I had a couple really cool, <laughs> uh, well, you know, cool looking uh, external hard drives. And I think I think I may have actually given these to Hammy too. I can't remember that I think that they were Western Digital and they had these two LED tubes um, on each side and you could have like 
changing colors with them. You know, if you wanted to keep it on like a kind of blue glow or a you know red glow, you could, or you could just have it cycle through all the colors. I loved those drives. I had those for years, and I was I was at that point now where it, I I the storage was too small on those. Uh, wait. <laughs> Dennis Dennis picks up on way, way too many of my odd quirks. And there's the sigh again. Okay. Um, let me see here. Well, I guess um, now is probably a good time to hit break. Um, I'll tease a few of the stories I got coming up. Uh, I already did the toxic bootleg liquor. This was what I was going to talk about last week. This is a quickie kind of thing. Georgia man goes back into burning house to rescue beer, which seems like a noble thing to do. Uh, picked this article up from Deadspin. So why does your booze cost so much at the bar? They actually really analyze this stuff, and it is, you know, it is an interesting read. Um, wow, eighty bucks for one gig of storage on a thumb drive. I remember those days. Now you can get like two gigs for like three bucks at Staples. That's impressive that it still works though, Mitch. Um, let's see from college humor, the complete guide to craft beer at your local bar. Um, I have a couple, a couple bits from Reddit that I've always just had as backup just in case I don't rant enough and run out of material, which I don't know today. Today, today is a genuine possibility because I was very, very lazy this week doing show prep. And plus, there just wasn't a lot of news. I think people were burned out in the pumpkin beers and just stopped talking about stuff. And then I got the new beer releases and reveals for the week. I got a pretty good amount of these. Um, from Trogues, from Amagang, Dominion Brewing, Six Point, Terrapin, and a, a couple a couple new things from Budweiser. Yeah. So uh, with that, I uh, will be back after these brief messages here on Alcohol by Volume on morelikeradio.com. Alcohol by Cheers. Volume, Kevin oh, Show. Hey! hey. It's the name of the show. Hey! More like radio, less like crap. Listen to Unsigned Hype every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on morelikeradio.com. It's hosted by Sir Darkside, a.k.a. at Darkside Rules on Twitter. Check out the show for dope interviews, exclusive releases from artists such as Brother Ali, Mally, Kelly Mays, Lex Leosis, MOA, and Aesop Rock. It doesn't get better than this every Tuesday night on morelikeradio.com. It's the Unsigned Hype. Wednesday night at 11 p.m., tune into More Like Radio for two hours of wrestling talk on Markout Radio with Dark Fox and Friends. Fistful of assholes! Excuse me? Fistful of assholes? Really? You want me to say that? Just do the bit. <sighs> All right, you're such a diva now that you have your own show with guest host Punchy, Greenway, 
and whoever else shows up on Skype or in Fox's creepy basement studio. The smell of common beer doesn't make it creepy. Maybe not, but the fleshlight does. Listen, I have a healthy sexual appetite. Thank you very much. What are the anal beads for? Can you just do the bit? Ugh. Fine. Jesus, and you wonder why people get Marianne through the audio bits. Markout Radio live every Wednesday night from 11 p.m. Eastern on More Like Radio. This is it, the apocalypse. Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess, an alcoholic, a drug addict? When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for the Red Show? We're all about personal betterment and self-esteem. I want to do, uh, you know, maybe like uh, City Meets the Swamp, something, something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of peace at any income level. That's what we do here. We're all about olive branches. <laughs> no, you're a fucking white trash asshole. You're about olive fucking garden, okay? <laughs> <laughs> One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is there anything more you want to say about any of these uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends. We don't give a fuck. I hope you relapsed. Burn in hell, bull. Oh my god. What are you I meant I love you, bro. Get better. So come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio. You're doing some things with Enya, correct? I, I hope you end your life. Now, <laughs> get <off the> mic- <laughs> now get off the microphone while I talk to my pal. Hey, you. Yes, you guessed 10,542. Change your username. And while you're in a more like radio live page listening to fine quality programming, notice the banner ad just slightly above the chat room. It's a link to something you want in Amazon. Click it. It's probably reminding you to order something you need from Amazon.com. Don't leave him a lot and type the URL like a sucker. Just click the link and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now, change your username. It's right there on the right, stupid. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio. Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on morelikeradio.com. Are you a fan of comics? What about obscure movies and TV shows? Well then, you are in luck because every Friday at Nerd Hour is here to talk about those completely and utterly awesome things. So join Punchy, Ariel, and now Cornax as we talk the things that people claim prevent you from getting laid, but are balls anyway. The Nerd Hour, every Friday night from 11pm to 1am, only on More Like Radio. Spoon! Recently on the Conti and Kenny Show. Froze up. Ah, are you kidding? And I'm watching. They also put on the thing that Honey Boo Boo's. Like the whole computer just froze up. Oh really? Too much shit on here. Um, that's basically what she said. She's like, "Hey, Marquis, what's going on? I'm coming back for round two. And the guy was like, uh, "He basically was like, you need to be quiet." And then asked her for her ID, and her ID was in her car. So he told her she was banned from the mall for not having an ID. It's like, really, dude? Like, what are you talking about? Oh, the Adobe plugin has crashed. (laughs) Holy crap. (laughs) Everything just went right in the toilet. Holy shit. I gotta. That's the Flight 800 of Adobe players. (laughs) 
I gotta do the uh, <laughs> the Flight 800 of the Adobe player. The Conti and Kenny Show, talking bollocks for fuck knows how many years. Join Marianne and Kitty on Daytime Divas, where Marianne's milkshake brings all the creepers to the yard. And their life is better than yours, damn right. It's better than yours. I could teach you, but I have to charge. Daytime Divas, Thursdays at 8 a.m. on morelikeradio.com. High Society Radio is now part of morelikeradio.com. Who's all part of the more like the uh, more like radio cavalcade of stars? Oh, who, who are you joining there? Oh well, Hippo Juice. They're the the soul behind more right. like radio, and we're we're jumping on there. High Society Radio, that is. What other what other kind of shows are over there, though? Oh, there's there's plenty. There's a there's just a roster that's ridiculous. There's 360 on 420. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman show. There's Ain't Social Gamer Radio. There's the Red Show. There's Daytime Divas. Okay, so you're not out there by your by yourself in the cold anymore. No. You're fucking with... A family. Yeah, a real family. A family of gangsters. Take the edge off. MoreLikeRadio.com It's like rap music you can understand. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Hey, this is Will from Tattoos and Touchdowns. And Espo, as always. Check us out every Sunday from 10 a.m. to noon exclusively on MoreLikeRadio.com. If you're ready for pro wrestling like it's never been seen before, pro wrestling meant for an adult audience, and pro wrestling where nobody says brother or tells you you can't see them, check out Combat Zone Wrestling, the most innovative, high-flying, hard-hitting, ultra-violent promotion on the planet today, Combat Zone Wrestling. Visit us at www.czwrestling.com. The Elvis and Alfred Show, Thursdays, morelikeradio.com, 5 to 7. I'm Elvis Cage. I'm Alfred. I'm Jameson. And on the phone? It's Bill. I'm phoning it in. Always phoning it in. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Halfpenny Pub of Sayville. That's right. Punk rock music, independent music, and all the rest of the things that we speak about. Crazy party stuff. <laughs> Here on morelikeradio.com. And elvisandalfred.com, 24-7. Yeah! The Elvis and Alfred Show. Hi, this is Marianne from Lust and Love. Recently, we decided the show needed more dicks, so we found the manliest man we knew to fill the spot, Dark Fox. I know this is weird, but my boyfriend broke up with me because my dick is too short. He praised me about my skills and all, but this is a really good reason for a breakup? Because it's really hurting me until now. I can't seem to forget all the memories we had together. I know this can't be the reason, or maybe has he met another guy? I really cannot get over him, because once he told me, I love your dick, whilst he was stroking it, that's the reason I will never let go. Lust in love, now gayer than ever, and that's saying a lot considering we used to have Hammy on the show. Join us Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Top of lineup stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. Morelikeradio.com. 
other internet radio stations are gay. Carp's signature summer ales. When friends gather, tradition, craftsmanship, and quality blend together into an affordable brain and liver poison we're sure you'll love. Because it's chemically dependence forming in a portion of the population. Every bottle of Carp's is guaranteed to kill enough of your brain to impair your fine motor control, inhibitions, and judgment, but not enough to kill you, unless you drink enough of it. And actually, it's not even that much you have to drink. It tastes okay. How do we do it? We combine quality ingredients with small animals called yeast and a slurry of grain and water. They eat it and poop out the poison. Smooth, authentic poison. Then we seal them in a dark, airless container so they drown in their own poop, which we drink. Their rotting corpses form the bubbles. That's addictive liver brain poison the way your grandfather used to order it. My family's proud of our long tradition of making fine gut poison. Carps, all natural. It'll make you feel different than you usually do, in a good way. But then the next day it'll feel like you were poisoned, which you were. So don't be surprised or complain to us about it. Welcome back to hour number two of Alcohol by Volume here on morelikeradio.com. You want to Skype in, Skype name, Alcohol by Volume, all one word, or the phone number, 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. I am shockingly coherent tonight. Kind of impressed by that. Ah. Okay, before the break, I had teased some uh, news stories, articles, list kind of things and whatnot. So, first one here. Georgia man goes back into burning house to rescue beer. Now, this particular gentleman, uh, well, uh, you know, I'll, I'll post a picture of him in the chat so you can kind of uh, maybe see it for yourself. Let me see here. Uh, name Walter Serpit. He looks like a fine, upstanding gentleman that you might see walking down the street any regular day in Georgia. I mean, you all know, see it in the chat here, morelikeradio.com slash live. I mean, he looks, he looks like a fine gentleman. He, he must, have had some, must have had some fantastic beer in there, right? You know? Okay, so, <laughs> as the article goes, Walter Serpit and his family managed to escape from their burning home in Georgia after they were watching TV and the room started filling with smoke. This is from uh, thedrinksbusiness.com. Serpit, who walks with a cane, this dude who walks with a cane, ran back into a house to get his beer. That's got to be some damn good beer. Maybe maybe a special homebrew? Uh, I don't know. Teasing ahead here got out of the property, but decided to return to try and save his Bud Light from the fridge. Yes, 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 this guy went back into a burning house, hobbling along on his cane <laughs> for some Bud Light. And, and Dennis is right, Georgia is full of 
fine, upstanding citizens, just like Ryan Lopez. <laughs> uh, Serpent told WTVM News, I told them to get the kids out and everything, and me, myself, being an alcoholic, I was trying to get my beer out. Well, okay, he's an alcoholic. Uh, I guess I could give him a pass in the Bud Light. Uh, he added, I went back into the house like a dummy, and the door shut on me because of this backdraft. It was about to kill me. Fire officials still investigating the cause of the fire, but residents are blaming a newly installed water heater. So, would any of you run into a burning house to save your beer? W- would Mitch run into his burning house, or wherever he uh, currently resides, I don't know if it's a house, apartment, whatnot, um, to uh, rescue his Guinness? Well, would he would he run into the burning house to, to save Sherry? That's a good question there, too. Would he save both Sherry and the beer? Would he have to choose? I don't know. Um, nah, I don't... I, I, uh, unless it was like a bottle of Sam Adams Utopias, then, uh, then, then, I, then I may consider it. And that that's only after my family was actually safe. And, uh, well, I suppose, my Transformers. And uh, my video... Ah, shit, I got too much... Stuff. This house better not catch fire. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Um, God damn, my shock mount feels loose today. I don't know why. So I'm, give me a second here. Ah, okay. Ah, I think Mitch disappeared. He's not responding to me. From Deadspin, why does your booze cost so much at the bar? Now, this has to do with the price that the bar pays for the beer and spirits and wine and everything. And, you know, be it uh, keg beer, or bottled beer, or craft beer, you know, whichever. Um, you know, top shelf liquor, bottom shelf liquor, all that stuff. And the the markup margin, and the actual profit that they're making on it. So, again, this is from Deadspin. Um, they, they, do, they do write some decent, decent stories here. Uh, let's see, the article writer going into... Last week he paid $13 for a drink with brand name rye and bitters, a couple other things that were probably also bitters, and something called beer. B-Y-R-R-H. It was a good drink, but was it a good deal? That probably depends on the price of beer, as well as on what the hell beer is. Um... He said, in my never-ending quest to make us all the best booze bags we can be, I recently badgered several Boston-area bar managers into explaining where drink prices come from. And he says, he gives a disclaimer here, Boston's a relatively expensive city, but the underlying percentages and equations that inform the final price to the customer are similar around the country. He also combed through some invoices and learned a few things in the process. Now, um... Let me see here. Now, usually, when I go out, th- this this doesn't apply to me as much because when I go out, I don't typically buy drinks when I'm out. I might get one draft beer, and it's going to be a craft beer if I'm out too. It's not going to be. Um, eh, I take that back. I've got I've gotten Guinness on draft when I'm out because you know if you get Guinness on draft, it's good. But um, usually the price is why this article at least made me understand why the prices are the way they are. You know those those magic numbers that they have to hit. Um, oh, <laughs> hi Sherry. 
we were just talking about you. <laughs> um, so, okay, here we go. He says, um, the first thing that jumped out at me is that bars don't get as much of a volume discount as you might expect. The percentage varies from market to market based on how distribution licenses are doled out. Um, and even within the same market, the biggest places are going to get the best prices. It, it, it That's just a, a fact of competition. I mean, you look at, you know, when it comes to department or not department stores but like supermarkets and stuff like that you know walmart versus the the general store down the street if those even exist at this point so these numbers are drawn from a medium-sized neighborhood bar in boston he started off with bottled beer and we're talking just bottled i'm assuming domestics you know budweiser for the most part Case of Budweiser costs the bar twenty fifty five or eighty five cents a bottle. The closest liquor store, that same case would be twenty four ninety nine. The bar sells those bottles for three seventy five a piece, and it makes their cost twenty three percent of the customer's price. Now I learned this here, and I probably I probably heard this on Bar Rescue at some point, but didn't remember it. The standard industry goal is to keep liquor cost at about twenty percent, which makes a Bud bottle a relatively good deal for the drinker. Not necessarily the bar. But it also says this is fine by the bar because a bottle of beer is the easiest thing to serve. Own container, no mixers or garnishes, and it takes the bartender literally five seconds to get it done. You pull out the bottle, you pop the top, you're done. And you can only mark up a bottle of beer so much because if we go out to a restaurant and we see okay 375 for a bottle of beer well wait a second that six pack of bud down the street costs 699 what the hell you know people people aren't all that stupid for the most part but um ooh, i want to see what uh sherry posted here in the chat ah uh, and that number one oh the number one is false i talked about that before the break oh oh the wrong Ben Franklin quote. Boo. I think I I think I have seen this uh, infographic though. Um, Sherry posted an infographic in the chat that is a very 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 thorough and good infographic uh, with facts such as beer makes you smarter and beer prevents kidney stones, which the beer prevents kidney stones thing is very 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 uh, good for me because I drink a lot of coffee and that would probably give me kidney stones. Anyway, back to the Budweiser. Um, the bar settles for a markup on this, and this is a percentage markup, and this is actually a low markup. It's a 341% markup. This is actually, like I said, a low markup when it comes to that. Then you get draft beer. It's a little bit tougher to compare draft beer to the store down the street, unless you know, maybe they sell growlers, but a lot of places still don't. You can't really do a, a good price comparison with that, which is why if I do get a beer when I'm out, I don't buy bottled. I just get draft. It's simple as that. Um, the bar pays $93 for a 15 and a half gallon keg of Bud plus a refundable deposit. He stripped that out of the keg prices. Mm. Keg theoretically holds 124 16 ounce servings, although some could be lost to foam runoff when the keg is first tapped and whatnot. 
if they don't, you know, for those of you that watch Bar Rescue, if you don't maintain the right temperature on the keg and everything, you're going to lose, you know, stuff. Um, th- there are some bars still that, um, and I, what was it? I, th- I think I, it was a, it was a Michigan legislation with this. Some bars would screw you with a 15 or 14 ounce quote pint when it should be 16 ounce. Um, and I know, I think it was Michigan that legislated that the pint has to be 16 ounces and don't fuck with us with this. Um, Let's see. Foam takes up about four times more of a glass's volume than straight beer, so a properly poured one-finger bud head reduces your 16 ounces down to 15-ish. Okay. Which means a tightly run ship can squeeze damn near the full 124 servings out of a keg without actually ripping anyone off. Okay, fair enough. 124 pints per $93 keg. Doing the math here. The bar is paying 75 cents for the pint it sells for the same 375 it gets for a bud bottle. Now, most places... Bottle of beer, 12 ounces, same price as that 16-ounce pint. Or, that's kind of redundant. The draft pint of beer. Um, (laughs) And in the article here, it says, Bottles are for suckers and for people drinking in dirty bars where the tap lines and pint glasses can't be trusted. Uh, So the markup on Bud Draft is 400%. That gives the bar the magic 20% liquor cost. So that's, that's where that magic number goes now of course draft beer takes a little bit more work from the bartender requires glasses which got to be washed they can break with the pouring of the beer if you get a bartender that does not know how to pour the beer well you're wasting beer too much you know too much head on it if they don't know how to pour a guinness properly things like that a lot of a lot of different variables can go into that um it says in theory you sell less bud to a pint drinker than to a bottle a drinker. Uh, the former gets his hypothetical fill of 48 ounces in three transactions to the latter's four. From the bar's point of view, these minor draft hassles on their end combined with the added novelty value of the customer to justify the slightly higher, you know, cost with that and everything. So that, that's, that's the, that's the deal with the draft beer there. Then you start to get into, oh dear. Oh no. <laughs> Mitch is going to be in trouble. Oh boy. Um, you get into the craft beer. Now, here you're getting you're getting even you know a better percentage. Uh, the bar gets fifteen fifteen and a half gallon kegs of different craft beers for one hundred and fifty plus deposit. You get stuff like you know Lagunitas, Brooklyn Lager, all that kind of stuff. Dollar twenty one for a pint that they sell for five seventy five makes the markup three hundred seventy five percent. Product cost twenty one percent. Okay, not as good as the regular, you know, Bud Draft beer. Still, still pretty good there. But hey, wait. Uh, what if you go to a bar and you don't drink beer? Uh, maybe you drink wine. So, low end house wine. He says is simple. The bar tries to get one glass to pay for the bottle, <laughs> which I. I don't buy wine at restaurants because I've seen the wine list. I'm like, shit, I could buy this, the restaurant and not have to worry about it or in the, um, in the store and not have to worry about it. Uh, for a relatively low 300% markup, 25% product cost. They make up for that on the low end bottles with the more expensive bottles where the pricing policies get a little bit more wonky, but the high raw numbers make the percentage less important. 
if you charge a measly 50% markup on a bottle of wine that cost your bar $100, you just made $50 for twisting a corkscrew. Makes sense. Uh, that, that's, that's, you know, decent amount of profit right there. Then we get into the liquor. The liquor is the interesting one. And this is the one where you will, you know, you'll get bars cutting corners on this too. Um, months back, I was talking about the story in New Jersey where you had those bars, including like a couple TGI Fridays, where they were serving the bottom shelf liquors and charging for the top shelf. They were serving things that weren't liquor at all. What was it? I, I think it was like a rubbing alcohol with like a caramel coloring in it. Ridiculous things like that. I mean, these people, fines, liquor licenses were lost, all sorts of wonderful, wonderful stuff there. Um, mm-hmm. What the heck is going <laughs> oh, I love the chat, and you would too if you were there, more like radio.com slash live. <laughs> oh, too many things I can't repeat in good conscience. Oh, okay. The hard liquor. Uh, The writer here, pricing for basic liquor drinks is a bit more complicated, but we can still break down the basics. Okay. Bar pays $27.50 for a one liter bottle of Stoli vodka. Assume a standard one and a half ounce shot means you get 22 and a half Stoli and whatever's per bottle for a price of $1.22 per serving. That's $1.22 for the bar. Uh, The bar then charges $6.75 per actual drink. So... I love this. When dealing with Russians or other masochists, the liquor cost is a mere 18%. But most people don't drink shots of vodka. All the other crap that goes into a standard mixed drink. See, that's that's where it gets pricey for them. Soda. Okay, soda's cheap. But, uh, you know, ice, straws, lime wedges. They're cheap for the bar, true. But ultimately, they're free for the consumer. You know... You, you get, you know, four mixed drinks, you, you've got yourself maybe an entire lime. You know, that adds up after a while. So five gallons of Coca-Cola syrup costs about $80. Uh, syrup reconstituted into soda at a ratio of five parts water to one part goo. I guess that's a very technical term. It won't go into all that. It's eight cents a Coke per mixed drink. Uh, figure another nickel for garnishes and stuff like that. Dollar thirty-five worth of ingredients for a six seventy-five Stoli and Coke, four hundred percent markup, twenty percent product cost. Okay, so but that's that's with Stoli, and Stoli is Stoli is your you know a, a better vodka. Um, I don't know if you'd call it necessarily top shelf, but it is you know at least middle shelf. It's not it's not crap. Stoli is pretty good. The worst deal for the consumer is bottom shelf liquor. This is this is the stuff that will peel the paint off your walls. The bar can get a liter of generic vodka. Now okay. The liter of Stoli, 2750. Liter of generic vodka, $7. Just $7. They're now down to 31 cents worth of booze per drink as opposed to the dollar 22 they were shelling out for the Stoli. Throwing 13 cents worth of soda and nonsense, and it's 44 cents for a drink. They sell for 5.75. That's a markup of 1,206 percent, with the cost to the bar only 7.6 percent of the customer's price. 
Now it says the bar actually makes a slightly lower net profit per drink that way. They pay 91 cents less for ingredients that they sell for a dollar less. Okay. You know, a little bit difference there. Still a great deal for the bar because the opportunity cost is so much lower on a bottle of cheap vodka. They have less money tied up in unsold inventory, lower exposure to loss, theft, and breakage. And you think of it this way too. Um, Oh geez. I, I, I was, oh, my brain was about to go somewhere with this and it just, it got completely lost. Well, okay. Look at this. Bot- the bottle of vodka for seven, one drink, one drink, one drink for five seventy-five. That bottle of vodka, or rather that one drink has almost paid for that v- bottle of vodka right there. So you see the percentage really working out there. Um, uh, what's going on with the commies, Matt? I have no idea what's going on. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, there we go. Okay, just post it in the chat there. I I I I couldn't commit. Sherry committed. I couldn't. If you um, listened to last week's, what was it? Last week's was that Dutch? I think it was Dutch and Royce. Um, you'll understand that. You can download that at morelikeradio.org. So anyway, back to the, back to the uh, the bottom shelf liquor here. Uh, math of it, quality counts, ton of marketing and hype and bullshit goes into the mid to high end liquor game. The true bottom of the barrel stuff really is markedly inferior. If you've got a glass of Barton's or some similar garbage instead of Stoli, you haven't really saved one dollar. You've pissed away five point seven five of them. Um, and. That that kind of goes back to that um, those guys that were trying the bottom shelf liquor that I talked about on the show last week, week before. Um, yeah, for the most part, those bottom shelf liquors are garbage. They are awful, awful, awful. Um, there was that one. I think it was the might have been the whiskey. It was the whiskey or the bourbon um, that they actually found was okay. But for the most part, I oof, I cheap vodka scares me ever since I was a teenager and I had cheap vodka in jello shots never again I I I will stray away from anything right I'll you know and anything that's cheaper than like absolute I'm not going for um and the funny thing is even absolute isn't really that that great to me nowadays you know, go like three olives stuff like that um so this goes back to his $13 cocktail that I talked about at the beginning of his article. Um, let's see. It was Rittenhouse, Bitters, 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 and Beer. B-Y-R-R-H. He said it turns out to be a French wine-based aperitif. Uh, where drink pricing gets harder to calculate because the ingredients are so plentiful and esoteric and also because a reasonable customer understands he is paying for expertise and innovation. Okay, that's true. I've mentioned how um, there were some. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, there was a li- list of beer cocktails that I had kind of dipped into a little bit one week, where they were interesting to me. At least a couple of them were, but the eccentricity of the ingredients and the likelihood of me actually having them, nil, absolutely nil. Now, if I went into a bar. 
much greater likelihood they're going to have those ingredients. And you know what? I'll pay the premium for the expertise in making that particular cocktail, beer cocktail, mixed drink, whatever. Um, I've, I've never been that great at ratios of making mixed drinks. I cannot do the perfect pour when it comes to a bottle. Man, you know, keep in mind, I don't have any pouring spouts in my bottles anyway, so I'm just eyeballing everything. Um, but the only, the only, the only drink I used to be able to make well, and this was back in my teens with the Malibu Bay Breeze, and even then, I couldn't consistently get it right, and that's what a bartender goes for, consistency. So you're, you're paying the premium on that. Um, so you can open your own bottle of Bud, but are you willing or able to develop this drink recipe, source, and make the bitters and stock the six different shapes of ice these joints rely on? to put together a full menu of things they can sell for $13 a pop. Will I spend 13 bucks on a drink? Yeah, I, I've spent 25, 30, 40 bucks on a bottle of beer, like, you know, a, a um, like a 25 ounce bottle of beer, uh, getting a mixed drink that really appeals to me for 13 bucks. That's, you know, not out of the realm of possibility. That said, probably not buying two of them. Probably just buying one. Um, he concludes the article sort of here uh, with uh, paying double figures for a cocktail is like paying $34 for an entree. It ain't for everyone, but that doesn't mean it's a ripoff. If you're willing to forget the retail price of a pound of chicken and just enjoy the ex- excellence of some weird-ass poulet enigmatique with five ounces of birds surrounded by three kinds of mushroom, purple carrots, and a grain you've never heard of, but which you strongly suspect is grits. There's no reason not to finish off the meal with a beer-based cocktail. Uh, bars don't make nearly as much money as these drink price breakdowns may imply because we haven't accounted for tons of other costs of doing business, lease conditions, payroll, equipment maintenance, theft, general operating, and they also say plus the bar owner is often plagued by less savory sorts of overhead, cocaine, gambling, back child support, you know, that kind of thing. Significant concerns, none of them is the customer's concern. Um, customer ultimately pays for fraud, waste, and inefficiency in every other business, too. Um, I know that part of my peanut costs come from planters, forklift drivers, reading the jamboree on the clock. What the fuck? I don't know what the hell he's talking about there. Uh, no business operates at peak efficiency, and the buck always gets passed. It, it's because, we, you know what? We want to make a profit. We want to make a profit. I'm, you know, I my videography stuff. I, I'm fairly, fairly certain that I do not have any videography clients listening to my show. If I do, if I do, I apologize for breaking this down to you in numbers like this, but this is the way the business is. And honestly, I think I'm more reasonable than many other businesses out there that, you know, do the videography, you know, the, the level of videography that I do. I do, you know, a school concert, dance recital, something like that. I do the DVD copies. The videography fee is always kind of variable, depending on the client, depending on the difficulty of the shoot, depending on the amount of time, blah, blah, blah. That's always variable. But the DVD costs are pretty much set in stone. Rare exceptions where it changes. $10 for a DVD copy, $20 for a Blu-ray copy. Materials-wise, for the DVD, this includes the clamshell case, the actual DVD media, the paper for the insert for the DVD case, 
the ink that prints on the paper for the DVD case and the ink that prints on the disc itself. This doesn't account for my actual minimal time getting the disc together, you know, all, you know, uh, making the cover artwork and stuff, but I suppose it could. The actual physical cost is probably about a dollar fifty. Again, I sell those DVDs for ten dollars for the Blu-rays. A um, little bit more, I think, materials because Blu-ray discs are more expensive. The Blu-ray cases are a little bit more expensive too, just a fraction. Um, that might be two dollars, two fifty tops in raw materials. Even at the extreme, you're still talking about seven dollars fifty of profit on that. Um, not more than makes up for you know the the you know couple hours that I got to do you know putting in the chapters, making the titles, making the artwork, blah 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 blah. Any business does it. It's it's just just the way. God damn it! Oh, oh, Dennis, 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 Dennis. Yeah, that was in. Just going in, going in the 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 chat here. Dennis is posting wonderful photoshops of old pictures of me from when I was like sixteen. Uh, they said he'd never get cirrhosis of the liver. He knew he had to. that. Dennis, that that's brilliant. That is brilliant. Um, let's see. Sherry said I look like a creep and I look all rapey and stuff. Yeah, I did look kind of rapey in that picture. Uh, what? Mitch said I look fuckable. What? <laughs> yeah. It, okay. And Mitch has a good point with the you know the whole profit margin on my stuff. They aren't buying the disc; they're buying the memories. That's a good point there. And ten dollars for those memories—that's pocket change to them. Um, twenty dollars. I I do get people buying the Blu-rays. Not nearly as many as the um, DVDs, but um, other companies around here that I see that do pretty much the same thing. Maybe slightly larger crews. I mean, I'm doing single camera stuff, still moving, but single camera. Um, other companies, though, I will see charges thirty, forty, fifty dollars a disc. Um, I don't understand how the hell they are able to charge that. Um, I, I I've seen a hundred dollars a disc for wedding DVDs, which I find amazing. And damn it. There was no cereal bowl, Marianne, that cut my hair when I was 16. Although, to be fair, I think my mom did cut my hair when I was 16 because we were cheap. Um, uh, believe me, when I was when I was younger, I had very many unfortunate hairstyles. Uh, I had dyed my hair black at one point. That was that was just hugely, hugely unfortunate. I'd like to say I look much better now. At 34 than I did at 16. But I think a lot of us probably do. At our current ages than we did when we were 16. Uh, okay. So that, that was that was pretty much that whole... The whole, you know, cost of the booze at the bar. Why it is. Blah, 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 blah. I think it was interesting. Um, oh, no. I look like Sherry's brother when he was 16. Ah... Uh, Oh, Matt, Matt does not know. <laughs> yeah, he says, during my goth phase. You don't know about my goth phase, dude. I could throw myself under the bus if I really wanted to search for stuff here. And, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe I can. Let me let me see here. Because I don't know if Dennis is necessarily going to find everything. 
So I may very well be able to do it and throw myself under the bus for him. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think this is one that Dennis doesn't have. This was actually Halloween one year. I didn't dress like this every day. But. The, uh, diner parking lots late at night. We'll never live that down. That That's that's oh, that's going in a best of one day. Okay. This was senior year, I believe. Oh, high school. Might have been junior year. This was for Halloween. Again, I did not dress like this all the goddamn time. But I throw myself under the bus for your enjoyment in the chat. See, this is incentive to listen live because I'm not going to throw myself under the bus on Facebook. Simple as that. And wait for the reaction. 1-1000, 2-1000, 3-1000, 4-1000. Waiting for a Dennis reaction. And saved. Yep, okay. See, Dennis? See, Dennis? I do good things for you. I do nice things for you. Let me see if I have any other more embarrassing ones. And I actually think I... Eh, nah. Um, actually, th- this one this one's not so embarrassing as it's pop culture referential. Um, the only other ones... Eh, they're, they're, like, closer in age. I mean, like, there's one where I have a shaved head, but I actually look kind of angry and mean so that was maybe from like four years ago something like that but okay uh damn it oh dennis has given it to mitch okay this is one more uh, i don't think i don't know if there's necessarily gonna be much photoshoppable with this one but somebody's bound to get the joke this was, uh, I, again, I think I was probably 16 at this point. Uh, I was actually visiting New Jersey, still lived in Michigan at that point. And if you're, if you're joining in this late in the show, morelikeradio.com slash live to see the wonderful, hilarious old pictures of me when I was 16. And, uh, well, yeah, I still did drink at that point. I mean, that, that particular trip with this picture, um, I drank too many screwdrivers and almost got molested by a director. Not Kevin Smith, another director. Uh, I'll just leave you to guess who it could be. <sighs> you know what? I will hold off on the complete guide to craft beer at your local bar because that one, that one, that one needs time. That one needs time to to sit for for each entry in this, and that that's a good one that I can save for next week. Um, close that. Close that. I believe I will actually get into the new beer releases and reveals for the week. Um, and, oh God, I, I get nervous when the chat gets quiet because it makes me wonder what the hell Dennis is doing. <sighs> also makes me worry that he's doing like some weird Google reverse image search or something. Um, okay. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. Okay. This first one is from Trogues. Now, I know we are... Kind of sick of the pumpkin beers. I know I'm getting kind of burned out on them. I, I almost picked up one from uh, Crooked Line. They're with the oaked jacked pumpkin or something like that. Another oak barrel. Ooh, excuse me. Another oak barrel one. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. So this is from Trogues. Got a picture of it on the bottling line, actually, that I'll post in the chat. 
This is going to be one of the first new Trogues releases in a large cork-encaged bottle. Now, if you don't know what the cork-encaged bottle is, well, it's corked, doesn't have a bottle cap on it, and then it has a little cage over the cork, a little metal cage. Uh, you untwist it, remove the cage, pop the cork, you get your delicious beer. The actual first one of theirs, which released, I think, last week, it's La Grave, a triple golden ale. That was the actual first one. Now, this is a limited edition, small batch beer, currently available on draft at the brewery. Uh, 7.9% alcohol by volume. It showed up in their brewery store last week. I'm not sure if it's going to get further distribution than that since it's a small batch release. They're hoping to produce more next year. So I think if it doesn't get a wide release this year, making more next year will hopefully you know get it out there. I get stuff from Trogues out by me, so maybe I'll luck out and one of the one of the places out here will carry it. Um, again, I'm, I'm mostly sick of the pumpkin stuff. I I, I didn't even overdo it this year. Um, I think I just I, I did enough of it that you know my my taste has been satiated satiated for that. Although if I find different ones in Michigan, I may go for some of those. But uh, small batch releases, I'm kind of a sucker for those. Um. Okay. Son of a oh my god! <laughs> Actually, that's that that's a good meme there, Matt. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> oh, you guys. Oh, if I didn't know better, I think you didn't like me. Eesh. Ah, this is the next uh, release from Amagang in their Game of Thrones series of beers. This is the third installment. Oh, oh, Jesus. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping apart from, uh, from the beer releases. Dennis posted a picture in the chat of me. Uh, where I work, they do, like, kind of profiles of employees for the, 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 I guess it's the employee, like, newsletter kind of thing or whatever every month. It's just an online kind of thing. And they did one for me. This was, well, you know, judging by the picture, it was pre-2008. Um, my guess probably, eh, well, you know what? Judging by the shirt I was wearing, it was probably about 2006. Because for um, for the uh, sharp-eyed, you can probably tell that the, <laughs> I, I bet you would love it, Punchy, damn it. For the sharp-eyed, you can tell that the the badge on the polo shirt is, yes, the same badge worn by Barricade in the first Transformers movie. Yes, the police car. So I had a polo shirt with that on it. I would still have that polo shirt, except for the fact that that polo shirt was an extra large. I no longer fit into an extra large. I only wear mediums and, in some rare cases, smalls. And this was before my drastic, drastic weight loss. Thus, why the picture looks like me if I ate me now. Yes, that was me at probably about 240 pounds or so. And like I said at the top of the show, I uh, I just dropped back down below uh, 170. So kind of gives you an idea there. And... Oh God! What? Okay, I gotta see. I hate the fact that I actually have to Google that name. Uh, okay, I see it. 
I, I, I see it, Tommy Morrison. Ah, uh, um, yeah. I, I know, Punchy. I know, and Punchy, you're you're kicking ass, dude. That, you know, for for those of you that have not listened to uh, Punchy, one, Punchy's other show, Punchy's other 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 show. Um, the, uh, by the way podcast, I believe you can get that. It was it by the way, podcast.podomatic.com. Um, he's been talking about his, uh, his, his own weight loss journey, uh, doing DDP yoga, stuff like that. I believe punchy you've lost, I think you said 70 pounds or so right now. So you're kicking ass with that, man. Believe me. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't run five miles every day, Matt. Only some days. Most of the time, it's four miles. Um, oh, Seventy-nine. Good, man. Punchy. I I know we give you shit, but man, that's that's fucking awesome. I mean, you were kicking ass there. I mean, you're honestly. I mean, what, the last time I saw you was um during the uh, cat shit thing at <laughs> at Brain Stew. So I mean. I'm probably going to notice a difference. You know, I, I may uh, be coming to Brains to do this Friday, so may notice a difference with you there. Um, okay, so en- enough, enough with enough with the picture of a fat Kev. Uh, but I mean, it, the the picture above it that Matt posted in the picture below, you can see it's the same person, but so not the same person. <laughs> uh, oh, Punchy's looking like a beautiful porcelain doll. Ah, well, you better watch out. Joe might try and fuck him on Friday. Ugh. Okay, back to the Game of Thrones beer. Did I ever... I don't think I ever even posted the image in the chat. I got too distracted by all y'alls. Oof. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hammy has a board with enough slots to support the mics needed for it. Not not like I say a lot on air when I'm on Brainstorm, but, you know. Uh, this is the third installment in Amagang's... Game of Thrones series of beers. This is Fire and Blood Red Ale. Uh, This follows the Iron Throne Blonde Ale and the Take the Black Stout. They're doing a little bit different with this one, releasing with three different labels for each of Khaleesi's Dragons. I think I pronounced that right because I don't watch the show, shockingly enough. Uh, Drogon, Rhaegal, and Viserion. Uh, It's nicely collectible. Um... Brewed with Pilsner, Spelt, Rye, and other specialty malts. Hopped with Styrian Golding and German Tetnang hops. And spiced with ancho chilies to give it a fiery kick. You know, dragons, fiery kick. Ha ha ha. Yeah, hashtag derail ABV. It's, it's shocking. Cornax isn't even here. Uh, <laughs> Punchy says, Joe won't try to fuck me. I have zero tattoos and don't know my dad. Uh, the prerequisite for Joe is having an alcoholic dad who only put enough effort to make her not be a stripper. Oh, so Joe won't go for a stripper. That's, uh, well, he's probably going to go for porn stars at this point, right? Are, are, are we are we still going with that bit? <laughs> um, the taste of this one is said to include fruit with a sweet malt character. I I I may may try it. I don't know. Um, I was going to try the, the take the black stout. Never quite got around to it. Um, red ales are, yeah, red ales are very hit or miss with me. And there's a new pinup, uh, from Dominion Brewing. It's the Candy Belgian Triple. Uh, I've had a couple of these before. Was it the, um, what, Cherry Blossom and 
ah, shit, I can't remember. It, it was it, the espresso stout that Dominion did. Okay, and Joe is still trying to be a porn star. So this is the picture of the pinup. This is Candy Belgian Triple with her uh, with her nice luscious knockers on the label. There, I'm surprised that is uh, able to be sold in uh, certain markets. Uh, it's going to be replacing Gigi's Farmhouse Ale as the next rotating brand in their year-round variety pinup pack. I don't remember if I ever saw Gigi's Farmhouse Ale. Um, 9.5% alcohol by volume, 12-ounce bottles, out on shelves soon. And I'm, I'm always you know up for trying a Belgian triple. Uh, more winter beers coming from Six Point. They're going to have the Six Point Global Warmer. Let me post this image in the chat. You'll notice with uh, this particular label that this isn't a label at all. This is actually from a can. Uh, it's going to be a play on global warming, reflecting how the beer climate is changing. Ha ha ha! They're they're very witty, and you know I, I can't bust on six point too much. I've I've heard some questionable things with some of their um, working practices, but I, I like their stuff. Um, uh, rich, multi complex, like a winter warmer should be, but more citrus hop character and herbal spiciness. So they're kind of turning the 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 style on its head a little bit. Um, like six point, I like some of their stuff. It can be hit or miss with me. I, I like drinking craft beer out of cans nowadays. So if I see it, I might try it. You know, might try it. Available now in um, they say twelve ounce cans, but I want to say I want to say six points cans are bigger. Um, no, no, the labels for twelve ounce. Okay, um, and that. Is let's see, seven percent alcohol by volume. Uh, new one from Terrapin, and then I got one more after this. Uh, Terrapin side project. So I don't know if I'm going to see this one, but if I do, I'm picking it up right away because it's an ingredient you don't see in a lot of beers. Terrapin Pineapple Express. This is the result of an employee brew off. It is a smoky offering. Uh, with chunks of fresh pineapple that were added to the brew. It's a smoked pineapple Hell's Lager. Arrivals to be determined, 22-ounce bombers, and a nice, easy 5.4% alcohol by volume. Uh, okay, and then this is the last one. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you guys would necessarily be uh, interested in this. Uh, this might be... <sighs> yes, I am a fruit with a sweet malt character, Dennis. Uh, 756. <sighs> okay. So, I don't know if you guys would necessarily be into this. I've been meaning to try this just uh, in terms of research. But the Bud Light Limerita line, they've got some new flavors. Uh, i got a couple of the images here. We have, coming into the chat here, and yes, yes, I had a dirty pedo stash when I was 16. What of it? The Raspberryta, and 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 coming soon, haha, <laughs> is the oh they're so witty with this the Mangorita. So Raspberryta Mangorita with artificial flavors. Bud Light Lime is the base on these. These are eight percent alcohol, twenty five ounce cans. Release is still to be determined on these particular ones. There's actually a cranberry one out now, shipping as a seasonal. So if you're you know going to get drunk over Thanksgiving dinner. Um, oh, <laughs> Marianne looks excited over the mango one. <laughs> um, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of mango, so, but I, I think I would like to try the raspberry and the cranberry one. 
Uh, Dennis says he'll try it too. So you know what? Okay, if you got if you guys are ballsy enough to try these, you know what? This weekend I am going to get some. Uh, well, uh, they don't have the raspberry out yet. Uh, if I find the cranberry one or the, um, I guess the strawberry one, I will give it a try. I think my wife actually tasted one, not realizing that they were beer based. She just thought it was kind of like Bud Light branding, but she didn't really care for it at all because she doesn't like beer in the first place. But there is a market for these. Um, and I see Marianne's excited about the cranberry one too. So. I'm I'm gonna try. Shit, maybe maybe I'll pick some up later this week, even before the weekend. I'll I'll have an early weekend. It'll be fun. Maybe I'll pick some up for brain stew on Friday and bring some with me, uh, so we can get punchy drunk on them. <laughs> okay, so that's that's it with the new releases and everything for the week. And coincidentally, that is also it for alcohol by volume for this week. Check out what we are all talking about in the Facebook group. Um, and, uh, Dennis says he's bringing some mango Rita with him on Friday if he finds it. You know, if you bring it, I'll drink it. What the hell? You know, that's kind of what I say about everything, right? Um, <laughs> so check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Uh, I've been posting stuff in there a little bit here and there. Um, I also been posting some stuff on the Facebook page, which you should like, like it, like it, like it. Facebook.com slash MLR Alcohol by Volume. I will be adding uh, probably a couple of the articles from the show up there. Uh, you know, good companion for the show. Look me up on Untapped Alcohol by Volume, all one word. I know Roy Black on Crack recently followed me on there. Follow me on Twitter at E-D-I-C-I-U-S or at MLR underscore alcohol. Coming up next, Unsigned Hype, followed by Dutch and Royce. I will see you guys next week. <laughs>